You are listening to Announce, Season 2, Episode 21, The Midnight Rides. You are listening to Announce, a podcast providing inspiration, ideas, and wisdom through engaging stories, commentary, and interviews so you can live life better. I'm Jim Fugate, and it's my privilege to share an ounce with you. Most of us remember a line or two from the poem, The Landlord's Tale, Paul Revere's Ride, published in 1861, and referring to an event that occurred some 90 years previous. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April in 75. It continues on. Hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal light, one if by land, two if by sea. A fun story to hear, written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, of the heroic adventure of the famous revolutionary Paul Revere but it has a few important omissions. For example, we know that Longfellow omitted the fact that a fellow patriot, William Dawes, also rode out of Boston that night by a different route to warn the patriots of the British advance. A poet penned an answer to this omission by Longfellow. "'Tis all very well for the children to hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere, but why should my name be quite forgot?' who wrote as boldly and well, got what? Why should I ask? The reason is clear. My name was Dawes and his Revere. And Wadsworth's poem also omits a possible third writer, one Samuel Prescott, a native of the area and the only one who actually reached the intended destination of Concord, Massachusetts. According to an article in the Journal of the American Revolution by Ray Raphael, titled Paul Revere's Other Writers, The Wadsworth poem exercised considerable poetic license with his legendary one-if-by-land-two-if-by-sea drama. Revere, impatient to mount and ride, pats his horse and gazes across the landscape and stamps the earth fretfully, passing the time for 16 lines until he finally spots two lanterns in the steeple of the Old North Church. Additional inaccuracies include the fact that Revere was on his way before the lamps were hung, and he was the only one of the three who rode on that night who was captured by the British. Another point not mentioned in the poem. Well, apparently the fact that the British were advancing into Boston was known at least three days prior to Revere's ride as Israel Bissell, also known as Isaac or Trail Bissell, started out on the 13th of April and rode for four days along a route known as the Old Post Road, covering 345 miles. Perhaps his name was lost partially because of a misprint of of his name in the newspapers. They mistakenly referred to him not as Trail Bissell, but Trail with a Y, Russell. (laughs) A poet, Clay Perry, penned an ode to correct Longfellow's omission, which says, Listen, my children, to my epistle of the long, long ride of Israel Bissell, who outrode Paul by miles and time, but didn't rate a poet's rhyme. But wait, there's more. A fifth writer, who left from the area around Boston about eight days after Revere, Dawes, and Prescott, a 16-year-old girl 
by the name of Sybil Luddington. The daughter of Colonel Henry Luddington rode towards Danbury, Connecticut. She was sent because she was well acquainted with the route. She left at 9 p.m. on the evening of April 26th, rode all night, a route of 40 or more miles, and then returned before dawn the next morning, wet, muddy, and exhausted. Finding the truth in history seems, at a glance, like it should be a simple thing. However, having had the responsibility to interview and even interrogate individuals about what they had witnessed, I have found that even among those trying their best to be accurate, there will be inconsistencies. Virtually no one remembers the same event exactly as it happened, and most definitely not exactly the same as another witness. I always started to wonder when two people told the same story. Is someone lying, or did the witnesses discuss it and agree on a version of events? Unless you have cameras rolling, it's often a bit tough to figure out precisely what happened. And sometimes, when there is a camera, it only gets worse. Historical accounts are the same kind of thing. People write books, record events in their journals, tell the story to their children. Time passes. Memory fades. The storyteller is repeating a third-hand version of events. And seldom will all of these accounts line up perfectly. And yet, no one is trying to tell a lie or mislead. Another observation. Historians are often the most offended when someone presents a version of events that is even a little bit different than that which they surmise is correct, even though they've only read about it. So, here's the outs. I believe that real, solid truth is not relative. It is absolute. It is the nature of truth that it does not change. It is the same today as it was yesterday, and will be tomorrow. If it seems to the observer that truth seems to shift, it's not because the truth has changed. It is because the perspective of the observer has changed in an unanticipated way. It would be nice to always have the truth. Life is just not like that. We are often left to function, decide, judge, and act the best we can without a complete picture of the truth. Sometimes that's all we've got. So, don't be surprised when someone sees things differently than you. There's a better than even chance that they have a part of the picture you don't, a perspective you've never experienced, just as they perhaps have not seen it from where you are standing. Don't fear that you might be wrong. Don't be arrogant when you might be right. And that's it. An ounce submitted for your consideration. On our next episode, a personal story, a misunderstanding, some nail-biting excitement, and somebody dies. You won't want to miss it. I'm Jim Fugate, and I'll catch you next time. That's an ounce for now. Thanks for listening and subscribing to this podcast. Listen again for more information, ideas, and wisdom an ounce at a time. Tish, really, really, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Is it really, really? Dang it. Hey, check out our YouTube videos at youtube.com forward slash at an ounce podcast. That's youtube.com forward slash at symbol an ounce podcast.